All right now. All right now. Okay, because um, I don't know. I don't know where that uh that last one was going to go, because it could have gone anywhere. Excuse me, but we back. And um, you know, excuse me if you hear a lot of background noise, a lot of like swallowing or sipping on drinks or whatever. Just finished my lunch. I have a lot of energy than I did in the first, you know, in the last episode, in part one. So, uh, bear with me. Bear with me. Stay along. We're the top, you know, we're still on rape culture. We're, we're still on trigger. We're still triggered, you know. We're still trying to get to the bottom of things, trying to figure out why society is the way that it is. We're going to be, you know, picking up where we left off. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm going to continue to share my experience with, with this particular topic. And, you know, Maybe, I'm not even going to lie, maybe on the uncomfortable side because there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, enlightenment, like awakenings, enlightenments, you know what I mean? In the process of me, like, saying certain things out loud, my experiences, some truths that, you know, I may put out there or whatever regarding you know, my past or even my present, like things that I'm going through or whatever right now. And so, you know, after a while, you know, when you're reflecting and you by yourself and you start thinking things through and you get those aha moments, it's that's when it's like, oh, this makes sense or this is why this happened this particular way. And that is all a part of why you are listening, why I'm sharing, why we are here to figure this part of life out. And this part of life is finding our voice through trauma and seeing how this journey of healing is going to be like for us in different ways and how we can relate and how we can, you know, do better for other people, including ourselves and our family or whomever. And seeing how our relationships can grow from where we're at right now and not letting our past truly define who we are or trying to define what our status of our relationship should be or what it should be like, including society. Like, I feel like society, you know, definitely plays a role in different perspectives nowadays and how things should be and what you need to do and this, that, and a third. And yeah, child. All of it. Y'all ready? Because <laughs> here we go. So part two of this is kind of still about victim blaming, right? Still touching on a little bit of, 
you know, the stagnation and the resistance to healing and sharing your testimony or your, you know, your story based off of what you've experienced and everything like that. So, maybe later on, we'll see where it'll take us. But, um, it's going to... Is it's going to give rebuilding boundaries surrounding conversations, relationships, ourselves, and more. So in part one, like going at the end of part one. I kind of had this revelation about my experience and how there's a chance that I didn't realize what I was going through was a form of emotional manipulation or a sense of someone else trying to control the outcome or control pretty much yeah control trying to control the outcome of what situations will be like so that so that it doesn't affect them if that makes sense follow me so if you can remember child if I can remember because I just said it like hours ago but anyways I was just thinking like what I'm truly explaining is simply the fact that how I was told to tell my story, to share my story rather, and to tell my testimony with me not being ready could essentially like impact other people and, and myself in a way where it could take the limelight off of them, off of the other person that's doing the molding, the coaching, the whatever. Disclaimer, when I use the term coaching, I am not saying... I was told to say certain things. I'm using the term coaching as in a way to where I am being guided into going this particular direction that is not my own or being because I am unequipped in this particular, you know, unequipped well, I feel like feel like um we are born to being unequipped because there's no manual on life. So I'm just leave that there. But nonetheless, it's a form of coaching. I'm using coaching as um as to express the the guidance or, you know, just 
kind of being misled in a way. So I'm not saying that during this time of me trying to share or me wanting to or whatever, I'm not saying that I was told to say certain things during that time when I was experiencing that and I didn't want to. I'm expressing the fact that I didn't want to share or speak on it at all because I was unaware of what kind of emotional and mental space I was actually in due to my due to the trauma that just happened to me. And yeah, it it is a sense of you know controlling in a way to take the limelight off the other person or to not make it about everybody else and to make it about you because essentially you are the person that's going through this and you're going through it firsthand. Everybody else is and comes into effect when they are having to go through it with you indirectly. And so, you know... Indirectly, it can affect other people by, you know, how you how you may lash out on other people and how you may isolate yourself. Because um, with you isolating yourself, it could seem as if, you know, if a, let's say, for instance, a person doesn't know what it is that you're going through or, you know, you haven't told anybody or whatever. And this can be about anything and you isolate yourself or disassociate yourself from the group, the environment or whatever, and people are looking for you, trying to find you. They can't get in contact with you. And, you know, in this sense, from the outside looking in, you've become MIA, you know, just nowhere to be found. Nobody can't reach you. You've put yourself in a place to where you can't be reached and it affects other people secondhand because they don't know what kind of space you're in. Um, they're probably unaware that on a, a particular event or whatever has happened to you, something was done to you because you haven't spoken on it or, you know, because this has happened, you just cut everybody off or whatever. In a sense, you do want to be in a place to where you're able and comfortable to be around people so that, you know, so that you don't, affect other people in that way because it's not harmful it's not like you're doing things it's not like you separating yourself intentionally you are then intentionally trying to understand who you are in this space um you're trying to be you're trying to heal you know what i mean you're trying to become comfortable with being around people again because you don't want to be touched you don't want to be seen you don't want to be heard or just all of these different thoughts and feelings that you could possibly going through. And that is like, if not one, different ways of how people can feel affected towards your trauma. Other ways in which I was getting into was one of them was kind of, you know, the push to, you know, share this or, you know, talk about where you're at right now or, you know, you know, 
share your testimony, how God has gotten you through. And granted, God, I mean, I'm still here. I'm still alive. So yeah, essentially God did get me through, but I am not there yet. I don't think, I, Baron, calm down. I don't think that God has gotten me through anything because I'm still essentially going through it. And this can be some of the things that you're saying in your head. Like you can hear you know, pastors preaching, you can hear, you know, your friends talking about how they got into a car accident. I don't know, just anything, right? And you like, my ass just, like, when I even, because as I'm saying this and thinking, as I'm thinking and saying this, I don't know why I reversed that, but as I'm thinking, I'm saying this, it's one of those things where also it's like you want to be mindful of what it is that you say and how you say it. What I was about to say just now was your friends could be talking about how they just got into, you know, an accident or somebody just stole money or just something, you know, whether it's it's still a it's still a traumatic situation like you probably getting robbed or something like that and get into a car accident that still is a form of trauma and then you know your friends or whatever telling you this story and in your head you like well my ass just got raped last night this that is nothing compared and then there there's no right or wrong way with anything because it's just a traumatic experience and Sometimes it can be a thought in your head to where it's like my situation may have seemed just way much worse or even less crazy than somebody else because they could have died. And that is a, that these thoughts, these thoughts, these perspectives is also about correlates to rape culture as well and has affected us to think this particular way about people about situations about things to compare oh i i would never experience this oh i would never go through this oh this is why i don't go to people's houses oh i would never oh my son oh oh he he will never you don't know you don't know but when we are in conversations going back to that when we're having conversations or whatever we tend to compare ourselves and our situations to other people's not realizing how we are diminishing and watering like kind of watering down our situation or whatever to 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 continue to feel less than to continue this uh this thought process that nobody is really going to care so i'm not going to talk about it or my situation is not as bad as theirs you know what i mean because they could have died you could have died too you could have lost your life too you could have <sighs> you, you could have lost your life too and you know There are so many different ways that you can help people. 
not only do we have to give grace and compassion to the people that are silent, that aren't talking about what it is that they're going through, because you never know anybody, because you never know what anybody is going through. You can be mean, you can bum rush somebody or whatever, you can lash out on somebody and it can turn into an argument or a fight, but it could have just, just from having a moment in a slight type of feeling of compassion and grace to other people and you know letting certain things go knowing that certain minor inconveniences does not have to really affect the situation that you're in whether it's a minor argument uh, a stub toe uh, uh, a bump whatever you know what I mean stuff like that is the same way that we have to give that kind of grace and compassion for somebody that has explained to you that they have had this experience and because you've never experienced, you don't know how to, you don't know if you'll be able to relate to them. You don't know if, you don't know how you can be there for them. You don't know how you can support them. Just simply listening. Just simply asking, are you okay? Saying, you know, not I'm sorry, but I can't, not even that you can't believe that this happened to you because we going to take that out the picture too. So maybe you can say, I'm sorry that this situation has happened to you when you're ready to talk about it. You, I, I hope that, I hope that you are safe enough and comfortable enough to come to me when you're ready. Acknowledging that, acknowledging the fact that this person probably now does not feel comfortable or does not feel safe because of this vulnerable state that they're in now. Hoping that the next person that they come across or that they talk to about this situation can hear them under, and even if they don't understand, but to give them comfort and to support them. Sometimes the help that we put onto other people is really not the help that they really need. It's that kind of help that you're trying to push onto other people to get is the help, is really the help that you need to be comfortable that. Uh, to be comfortable about a situation that you just don't understand and something that you probably don't have much knowledge on that you're probably ignorant to that you cannot relate to you want like you're pushing this particular help and support onto people that first of all nobody asked for And it's really for you to make yourself feel comfortable, to feel like you did something right by the other person or you like now it, it now it's becoming too much. Now it's becoming controlling, excessive. Now it's becoming very over the top. And that's what it was like for me. I can remember, you know, I can remember it 
when I say it, my situation coming out into the public. And I was working at a retail store in a mall. And when it came out, I like, first of all, was working and like, I don't even know if I had, like, I didn't have no, I didn't have a chance to do anything because I pretty much like left. <laughs> like I had to call out while I was working. Like I didn't even, you know how you call out or whatever before you even think about waking up, you just know you're not going to work. So you call out as soon as you wake up, hey, da, 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 I don't feel well, I'm sick or whatever. I can't come in. I was already at work and had to leave early. Okay. I was picked up when it got out to the public. When when people started mumbling on my sh 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 oh she 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 when they start when whispers and stuff was coming out, child. Uh, that's when I'm gonna say all hell broke loose, child. <laughs> I remember being. It was an emergency. I remember it being said that it was an emergency. I had to leave. And I'm thinking that I have just been saved from a long, closed out shift that I had that night. And come to find out, I am rolling, being rolled up, pulled up to the police station. We going to get into the conversation on the way there, if I could even get to it. But I was pulled up to the uh, to the police station and now it's time for me to give a statement. Now it's time for me to tell what happened. Now I have to process... Okay, I have to process what just happened almost three and a half weeks ago that I for oh, probably a month now. I think by this point, by this time, I'll I'll give it about a month. I'll give it about a month or so. But when I tell you everything happened so fast from the time of the event happening up up until this point in my life, like everything happened so fast. Everything happened so fast. It happened so quickly. Uh, everything happened so fast and so quickly and everything started to go downhill. I was not mentally prepared to give a statement because I was still processing everything that has happened. I was trying to go as long as I can without saying anything to anybody because I didn't want to be just another Jane Doe. We're, I was going to say, we're going to get into that. Technically, I done said that a, a billion times. We're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. But the fact that like, 
can we just talk about the reason why like the reason why Jane Doe is called Jane Doe or John Doe is for anonymous measures and more times than some the reason why Jane Doe or even becoming anonymous is even used or preferred is because of threats, violences after already a traumatic event and then not and then to not put it out there who it is that you are so that if it does come out into the public that the outside world the outside world or whatever you know does or doesn't believe you so that you don't have to have any type of question you know or doubt that this is true you just know that this particular situation happened to you you want you want justice for your life and for what what has been taken from you and you want this person to go to <laughs> to jail for what they've done you want them to pay for what they have done to you and that's it you don't you don't want to have to deal with being asked well you're explaining and you're you're explaining and you talking about drinking smoking you talking about how he was how he or she was feeling on you and what you was wearing or whatever and now you being shamed for that and now you being blamed for that oh you shouldn't have worn that or now you're being over sexualized you know what I mean? And just imagine being picked up from work and you, first of all, confused. You're trying to feel, well, I just, I literally, not literally, but in your head, you like, bro, I just clocked in and I've only been here for like a few hours. Didn't even get a break yet. Like what's happening? And you're being told you're going to the station to file a report. Excuse me, I didn't ask to do that. And then you can't, and then you feel like you can't say that because now it's like, why, why would you not want to report it? Why wouldn't you say anything? Why wouldn't you do this? Why would you, why wouldn't you do that? And the pressure is on. The pressure is on. You are in the hot seat. You you are essentially, you are the hot seat, okay? Like, you're not even sitting on it. You are hot tamale, okay? Like, this is it. And now you're having to replay everything. And then it's like, were you even, you start asking yourself questions. Now you become doubtful. You asking yourself questions like, do I even remember the time? Like, I know it was dark as hell, but I also know that it was late. Am I going to be just because I'm about to tell, I'm about to say that I was out with one of my best friends and it was late out at night and we was just, you know, chilling or whatever. And we were invited, like, things that you probably don't do on a regular day you have to explain that you do and you being looked and judged by your dad you have to give this whole rundown about everything that happened probably you know a few weeks ago months ago years ago whatever and granted your body remembers everything your mind remembers everything 
and you may not remember in this moment of time and it's going to feel like deja vu because it's like oh my gosh you're gonna wake up one day or you're gonna be daydreaming looking outside the window and thinking like damn that happened to me and then when you experience that traumatic event again it's going to be something totally similar to what happened when you was younger that that not you vocalizing that you remember but you see glimpses and flashes of different material you remember the sense you remember you you see literally where you was at you feel exact you feel every you feel the material of what you wore you saw what you wore you know what you was laying on you remember you remember that perfume bottle or that cologne bottle you remember that exit sign you remember that tree you re you remember all these things and it's years later full-blown married with kids or whatever and you like damn i was four years old. I was seven years old. I was 10. I was 16. I was 20. I was 25. I was 45. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like, as soon as you experience that one situation, that, that situation then becomes a photographic and it's one for feeling. It becomes a photographic memory memory of something that literally strikes and sparks up another mirror, a memory, excuse me, that happened years ago. And you trying to figure out, you see these flashes, but I can't, can't put the event together. I can't put this situation together. It seems like it's a dream, but I know it happened. I can smell it. I can smell, I can see. I can hear, like I remember. I just don't remember who it would happen with. I just don't remember where or what happened. Like I'm trying to put it all together and you can't. And it's not until you have a similar experience to where that strikes that memory. And then it's like, bro, what? And your body is going through a whole traumatic experience again. But it's, it's going through a traumatic experience again because it remembers all of these things and it's becoming a trigger. But at the same time, these these different notions and senses that you have is triggering experiences that your body has been through before that you couldn't recollect because you couldn't remember. And at the same time, you couldn't remember because you didn't know what it was then. And now as you're growing and understanding life and going through life and you're at this particular age where you can put stuff together, now one plus one dead as equals two and you like holy crap and yes um i was thinking about all of that when i was um in the police station i don't know how many times i like paused like you know how abbott elementary be pausing like in, in the office and stuff like that. I love, I love those shows. <laughs> they be pausing to the camera like. <laughs> and then they go back to script. I'm, I'm for sure. Like 
extremely positive, I paused hella times in the police station. And then I went back twice, three times, twice. Because after I given the report, you know, they do their rounds and, you know, I'm given a summary. So I'm, I'm given a summary of what the process could truly be like after you plan a report. But I was asked to come back and I think that was when I was told like later on down the line that my report and everything and a statement that I gave wasn't going to go through trial or whatever to uh for the for the guys um that did rape me or whatever to go through. I feel like it was I feel like it was at least three times, but I could be wrong, but um and then even now I'm not even gonna lie, before even like get into this like place, I know that throughout the years I've literally tried to pull up different like articles and stuff like that regarding my situation because it, it like it was a it was a big deal it was a big deal because I was a sophomore in college and they were high school boys and I didn't know that then I didn't know that then and they lied about their age. Yeah. Two of them, well, all, yeah, all of them lied about their age. That was involved with the group. All of them lied about their age. And two of the guys that were, that raped me, um, lied about their age. And they was all, they all went to the same school. They all were football players. And... It's just a weird, when you think about it, I feel like when you break down situations in that way about how weird certain situations or interesting stories can turn out being is because for, I'm going to just go off track real quick for just slightly. When you hear about boys being taken advantage of and being sexually abused and being pretty much the same way that, you know, women, young ladies, girls are being groomed. Men, young boys can be groomed as well um, by women and by men to where they can groom others to release pleasure for the other person. And they are making them do these things to them for their pleasure and not them. And because they are young, um, they mentally don't know what it is that they're experiencing. Or they can't, you know, they don't have the words to truly express and communicate what it is that's happening. What's funny not funny what's so not funny about this situation is we were about a year apart and a year and a half apart and because I was older than them and because I was older than them and 
the witness that was there um, could not test, well, either didn't want to, couldn't, I'm again, in a situation to where I cannot and will not speak for the other person. I can just say how it made me look and how it made me feel and what I got from it. And what I was told was they didn't want to testify because... they didn't experience it or they didn't truly know exactly what happened. They was there, but there is no such claims that this particular event or whatever truly took had taken place. So at this point, because it's said and known that I am 19, these guys are essentially 17, they're in high school, they're seniors in high school. Drinking, like liquor and stuff was involved. I remember police officer saying well do you know their names and I'm like yes I gave their names he was like are you are you positive that this happened to you and then mind you being taken to the police station or whatever by your father being taken away from work and in your head you like I'm dealing with all of this like I could have could have stayed at work if this was going to happen <laughs> if all of this doubt and question or whatever was going to be taking place like don't nobody want to go through this again Or have to relive it in their brain to express and explain what has happened. So, all that to say that you kind of be put in a position to where It needs to be out there because it's important to know that anybody can experience this at any age. And it doesn't necessarily matter how old you are, what color you are, what stage of life that you're in. It's simply just the fact that... Um, You were taken advantage of and you did not give consent. If you did not say, yes, I want to do this with you. Everything else. Is null and void. Doesn't matter.
to be honest, how much you drink, how much, yeah, because I was, how much drugs you had, if you, how much under the influence you like really were, like, if you were able to say no and you're struggling and you're pushing someone off of you, clearly that is an indication that they do not want to be touched and that they're being violated. I don't care if you are two years younger than me. I don't care if, like, at this point, regardless of your age, you are bigger and much larger than me. And you are taking an opportunity to take advantage. And you think because somebody else or whatever... You're in a situation where this girl like you or whatever, or y'all was talking this, that, and the third, and whatever the situation may be, you you are being you are now an opportunist. You are finding an opportunity. Oh, we we drinking, we smoking, and she let me touch her, like fill up on her or whatever. Okay, and does she I bet you she pushed your hand. And just because we drinking and smoking don't mean that I'm I'm saying yes to having a good good old time with you in bed. No, it ain't. I'm here to have a good time right here with a collective of people. <laughs> I did not come out my mouth and say that I want to give you this or I want to give you that. And that is when I kind of felt like I like my that 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 at that moment. And being at the like at the station, explaining that and being told, you know, I just want to let you know this may not go to trial just because of the circumstances and due to, you know, everything. And at one point, I've kind of felt like I was becoming obsessive of what this was like because I was like looking up laws i was looking up like stats like i was fact checking my own self like i was i i became obsessive over my own case and was like at this point i need to hire me to uh <laughs> yeah i need to hire me to speak for me <laughs> in court <laughs> like i need to take these people to court and to vouch for self or something like that's it it became and then that became unhealthy I'm like and to an extent I'm not I'm not gonna lie like after my situation I definitely started to look into other like documentaries, other situations, and I'm just, or just anything that was happening, like happening over time. And I said 2014, 2013, it's a documentary on Netflix. I forgot her name, but she was kidnapped and she had to go, she went to jail or whatever. She got sentenced for killing her, um, for killing her abuser. And she got out a few years ago and it was like different situations or whatever that was happening like that to where people was actually coming out about situations and they were you know what i mean about their experiences and i'm like she and 
because we have to be mindful of certain state laws, which is so freaking annoying, it's one of those situations where it's like, this is kind of a situation of self-defense because she was one kidnapped, she was raped, she was taken advantage of, she was all these different things. And the only way that she's able to leave and to get away is to kill her abuser, to kill her kidnapper, to kill, like she, like that is the only way. And now I'm going, now I'm going to jail for finding a way out. Like I'm going to jail for finding a way out. Like that, that was wild. Like hearing stories like that is wild to me. And I can't even, <laughs> I can't even put out a statement or file a report for it to go to trial because one, I don't have a solid witness and two, because because of misdemeanors, uh, because it was labeled as a misdemeanor and something else because of the age. And we sit here and wonder why people don't want to file reports. We act and we ask all these questions. Well, why are you not talking about it? Why you never, why you didn't come to me? Uh -huh. How, what is the percentage of you listening to everything that has happened and you believing me? What are the chances that if I do take this report, you know, to the station that is going to go to court? What is the percentage? What, just what, just what is it? Because at this point, like, I can say that it's very much more on the end that not going to go through.